0: We dedicate this episode of Pop to all the victims of the tragedy of Manchester. We all pray that we can get to a better world. All right, Courtney.
1: Yes, we do. Episode 8 of Pop
0: with Ken Mills and Courtney Dold. Star Wars. A Star Wars celebration. Are you ready for this, Courtney?
1: I was born ready. I was born like right before the first star wars came out really because <laughs> yeah because that was actually
0: on my birthday back in 1977 on may 25th 1977 star wars nothing but star wars <laughs> and it changed our culture from then on who knew how big of an impact it would be mm-hmm Today on POP, this is it, the Star Wars special. If you're going to listen to one Star Wars related podcast by gum, why don't you listen to this one too? <laughs> yeah, what he said. Courtney, it's good to see you again.
1: <laughs> it's good to be back. Mm-hmm. Nice.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So It's always good to pop in with you. This is going to be a fun episode for me. This is kind of a celebration of something that's very important to a lot of people. So what are your thoughts about Star Wars, Courtney?
1: Well, certainly I grew up with it like most people from my generation. And I really liked it as a kid, but mm-hmm. I'm not one of those people that like, my good friend Amy, it's basically a religion to her. Like right. she is very, very passionate about Star Wars and you know all the different characters. I've been a lifelong Carrie Fisher fan Mm -hmm. and certainly I was introduced to her because of Star Wars, but learned to love her for the millions of other ways. She was so freaking brilliant and amazing, but I was definitely a fan as a kid, but I didn't like take it to that next level that, that some people do with it that I think is really fun, that there's all these places and events and outlets for that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's super cool. I bet I'd have fun at something like that. Right. But I, I haven't really gone there. And, and my husband saw his very first Star Wars movie ever. The Force Awakens was the first Star Wars movie he had ever seen. Wow. He'd never even seen the, the first six. So that was really wild. What did he think of it? Well, we went to see it in the IMAX. So oh, yeah. at like eight in the morning. Um,
0: Wasn't that the one Craig took you to?
1: Yes, we went with Craig Gass and a couple of his friends. In fact, his he's friends with Rudy Sarzo, and Rudy Sarzo was sitting next to my husband. And I'm like, "Do you know who you're sitting next to?" He had no
0: idea who Rudy was, but and that's Rudy, of course Rudy Sarzo from Quiet Rudy Riot. Sarzo. Mm-hmm.
1: Rudy Sarzo from Quiet Riot and White Snake and so many uh, things. Queensry- yeah, he's been in a he's like the bass player for all seasons. So oh. I was like, "Do you know who that is?" And he's like, "No." So it was really cute, but. Um, <laughs> When you're there with Craig Gass
0: and Rudy Sarzo, is there? do you need anyone else there?
1: No, it's kind of random, but he has this other friend whose name is escaping me who came with his mom, who was super nice, and I sat with them. It, it was really fun. I was covering from a back surgery, so I had to bring a giant pillow into the theater, and that was not embarrassing. But yeah, it was good. We enjoyed it, and seeing it in the IMAX and seeing it with people who were like super into it at 8 in the morning... Was good for him. It was a good first experience because mine was the first movie, Mm -hmm. the first Star Wars. I was a little kid and I remember waiting in line with my dad and wondering why we were standing outside to go into the movie theater. Like I didn't understand because I was so little. And that's all I remember about it except for the fact that I was allowed to get popcorn and that I really liked the movie.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah, because I was really little. I was like four. Well, it's been such a huge
0: part of our culture that it's just unavoidable. I mean, even if you're not a fan of Star Wars, you're you know all about it, right? It's just ubiquitous, right?
1: Yes. If you say Luke Skywalker, people go, "Oh, I know," or Darth Vader. Like people know that. Even if you don't know Star Wars, you can make a, a Darth Vader joke,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: and it's gonna it's gonna go over.
0: Darth Vader making sleep apnea machines cool. Exactly. Today on the show, I'm going to be joined by two friends of mine and you you know both of them through this podcasting game, Matt Porter and Gary Schaller, both of the Kiss Room and the podcast. And very cool. Yeah, these guys are super huge Star Wars fans. And see, I'm you know, there's that there's that huge cultural battle that seems to exist for some people Star Trek versus Star Wars, right? And you know I'm a huge Star Trek fan. I
1: know. But I've
0: always appreciated Star Wars. And hearing the love that these two guys have for this franchise film and this way of life, it's just fantastic. So I want you all to stick around and listen to that. It's just the three of us geeking out about everything from culture to the music, the movies, everything about Star Wars. But first... We are joined by the folks from Pallet Swap Ninja. Those are the folks who do that incredibly cool mashup between The Beatles' Sgt. Peppers and Star Wars, the original film. Oh, it's great. And you can get it for free. And all you have to do is is go to the website, PalletSwapNinja.com, and there will be links and you can get the entire album Princess Leia's Stolen Death Star Plans. You can watch it on YouTube. You can get the album in 320 kilobytes for MP3 or FLAC, and it's all free. And if you want, you can you can leave them a, a tip in the, in the tip jar. There's a PayPal tip jar there. So if you like what they do, leave them a tip. But without further ado, let's welcome Dan and Jude from Pallet Swap Ninja to Pop.
2: Hi, this is Dan Amrick. And this is Jude Kelly.
3: And we are Pallet Swap Ninja, and you're listening to POP, a pop culture podcast.
4: Now that we've hidden under the floor, what do we do now? Maybe we could overtake the scanning crew. Dress up like some stormtroopers, too. Check the computer, Leia's here. We should set her free. Despite Han's objection, let's head to detention. A23. And
0: joining us on Pop, our pop culture podcast, is Palette Swap Ninja. They have taken the internets by storm. They have merged two wonderful, beautiful things together, the Beatles' Sgt. Peppers and Star Wars, and you've managed to make it Princess Leia's stolen Death Star plans. And today, joining me here is Dan Emmerich.
2: Hey, that's me.
0: And Jude Kelly. Hey,
2: that's me over here.
0: Thank you for coming on POP today. Uh, I'll tell you, I absolutely love what you're doing. Thank you. This is fantastic. As a complete self realized Beatle nerd, I'm telling you, I really am digging this. And it, it's right at a great time for fans of the Beatles because, and Star Wars because we, we're here at the 40th anniversary of Star Wars and, the, and we've got the new Sgt. Pepper box set coming out. So it's, it's like two worlds coming together. Well, gentlemen, tell us a little bit about yourself. Exactly where did the name Pallet Swap Ninja come from, and what's that all about?
3: Jude and I were both in an 80s cover band in the Bay Area for a long time, and we used to commute from uh, rehearsal every week. Back home, he would give me a, a lift home, and there, <laughs> it was a long way from the cheap rehearsal space to where we actually lived. So we got in various conversations, Jude and I are both uh, big video gamers, I used to work for video game magazine and Jude restores arcade games in his spare time. We got to talking about what if we did like a side project that was mostly about video game songs, and if we were just gonna do video game songs, what would be the nerdy in-joke that only gamers would understand? And we hit on, for whatever reason this made us giggle, Palette Swap Ninja, which is a uh, a reference to Mortal Kombat. Mm. Uh, The the ninjas have different colors. They're, you know, Scorpion is yellow and Sub-Zero is blue. But it was really just one actor that they videotaped and then swapped the color palette Mm. to change characters. So we just thought, like, if you know what a Palette Swap Ninja is, then you're a hardcore gamer. Like, that was was the most elite, funny thing that we could think of. So that's kind of... Of course, then, you know, the name stuck. And uh, when we decided to actually pursue doing some goofy video game songs that's what we had to call it.
0: Mhm. And for people who haven't caught on to it, I'm going to say that you guys do sort of a weird Al Yankovic in the world of video games. Is that safe to say?
2: Yeah, we well, we kind of started off a lot more into the video game end of the spectrum and and lately we've been going towards more sort of the the geeky end of the spectrum. So mm-hmm. we're we're kind of straddling straddling that region of the bandwidth, I guess.
0: Swimming into pop culture ever so deeply.
2: <laughs> but being compared to Weird Al is, is, is certainly flattering. You know, I don't think we would be doing any of this without, without you know, him sort of leading the way.
0: Absolutely. The man, seriously, is an amazing talent. So how did this come to be? The merging of two universes, Star Wars, the beatles Sergeant Peppers. How did this happen?
3: Well, the timing is very convenient, but it didn't start out all that convenient. Jude and I had done 10 or 11 songs together, uh, you know, video game parody stuff about Halo and Viva Pinata and classic arcade games and things like that. Mm-hmm. And we had the most fun making the songs that told narratives. We really liked telling stories and putting little characters in these in these songs. And so did the audience. So we decided what if we did something larger you know like what's the parody equivalent of like a concept album and uh we played around with trying to combine the who's tommy with a documentary about professional donkey kong players and it just (laughs) i know yeah and it doesn't work i can tell you after trying to make it work for a long time it doesn't work and my wife katrin uh was uh we were talking about it a little bit maybe about after a year or so of thinking what do we do and does this work and I admitted this doesn't work. She goes, You guys are trying too hard on the wrong idea. You gotta pick two things, put them together, that, that, that they gotta both be things that people really feel passionately about and really love. Like, I don't know, Sgt. Pepper and Star Wars. And she didn't mean literally to put those two things together, but Jude and I kind of realized, Oh my god, we're both enormous Beatles fans, we're both enormous Star Wars fans. We actually have the fan experience to do those specific things so we uh we sat down right then for lunch and we came out with the basic structure of the project and then just said okay let's let's see if it works and uh, you know that was the next trick was to get the lyrics together to see if it was going to be worth propping up an entire album to to make it work
0: mm-hmm well, why don't we play some of this right now?
2: Yeah, sure. Yeah, so uh, so what we have is, you know, the title track of the album, Sergeant, which was originally Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, has become Princess Leia's stolen Death Star plans. It basically uh, describes Princess Leia trying to get away from the Darth Vader Star Destroyer in our parody version. And then... Her ship gets captured, and uh, essentially Darth Ringo shows up for the second song, uh, and, and that's actually me on vocals uh, ah. for, for that song. Uh, it's the only part of the album that I sing on, and uh, and he's singing about that you're going to die with illicit help from your friends. So that's yes. with illicit help from your friends.
0: Well, let's take it away. Let's join the theater and watch the credits start. Let's take it away.
5: If I boarded your ship Would you give those transmissions to me? How can this be a real consular ship? No ambassador that I can see Oh, you're all spies With illicit help from your friends Hey, but nice try With illicit help from your friends You're gonna die along with all of your friends What did you do with those plans you were sent? I'm a diplomat from all around. You're not on a merciful mission this time But I'm hoping you'll believe I am No, cause you lie with illicit help from your friends mm, You're a spy with illicit help from your friends You're gonna die along with all of your friends I want those plans in my glove Can you see she's a traitor? I need those plans in my glove One part was jettisoned during the fight I believe you'll find the plans inside We'll bring the passengers all that we find And you know that I want them alive Oh, you're a spy with illicit help from your friends mm, and you lie with illicit help from your friends Oh, you're gonna die with illicit help from your friends
4: Do you need something Vader?
5: I want those plants in my glove Can you see she's a traitor? I need those plants in my glove Oh, you're a spy with illicit help from your friends. And they lie with illicit help from their friends. going gonna die with illicit help from your friends. Yes, they're all spies with illicit help from their friends. With illicit help from their friends.
0: That is utterly fantastic, and we have some great news for anyone listening today. You can get this... Absolutely free. I'm not kidding around. You can get this absolutely free. How does that work, guys?
3: When you're doing parody, the belief out there is that it's probably covered mm-hmm. by, uh, you know, by, uh, by the law, that it's okay because it's fair use, but it's never really been tested, and we did not want to be that test case. So since we were making this as a labor of love, we figured let's put it out as a labor of love. Let's, let's just give it away for free, and uh, that would probably also help our case in terms of you know, if anybody wanted to shut it down or anything. We really, we believed in the concept. As silly mm-hmm. as it is, we really, we had a lot of fun putting it together. It was a personal challenge to do it. And the last thing that we wanted was somebody to knock on our door and say, take that offline. You mm-hmm. know, because then all of our hard work is gone. So we figured if we leave it out there as a fan work, it's probably going to be okay. And other fans will respect that we did it for the right reasons too.
2: Uh-huh. Yeah, there's a few things, too. We looked at it at one point, and we're like, well, you know, could we license this? Could we do some of this? And it, it gets very complicated because of what we've done. I mean, there's, okay, so we have songs that combine the Beatles score and also have bits of John Williams' music kind of snipped in there. Okay, which, which track do you license? And then one of the things I think that, that has really helped the parodies is the addition of some of the, the Star Wars sound effects and dialogue that we added in to our parodies as well.
0: Now, have you heard from Apple? Have you heard from Lucasfilms or Disney? No,
3: uh, and hopefully we won't. I, I suspect that they know and that they have heard it because we were really flattered to get some, some major coverage. NPR covered it and Gizmodo and you know, some, some big outlets. The Including closest...
0: the pop, a pop culture podcast.
3: Oh, yes, and not to mention Pop, the Pop yes. Culture Podcast. Uh, they, they were on the horn to us right Finally. away. Finally.
2: Yeah. Uh, but we were waiting the, uh, for them.
3: We haven't gotten any official endorsement, but we also haven't gotten any official uh, wrist slapping. The closest we've gotten to somebody from that world, either world, acknowledging that it exists, was we got an extremely awesome tweet from Mark Hamill. Who said ingenious. I'm gonna have to have somebody help me put my pick my job off the floor. And we know that Mark Hamill is a really big Beatles fan. So yes. hopefully he's one of the people who can appreciate both sides of it equally. <laughs> I, he knows a thing or two about Star Wars, but he's an enormous Beatles fan. So that meant the world to us because obviously we grew up, you know, loving the Star Wars films, and Mark Hamill's an enormous part of that. So
0: absolutely. And we also do a Monkeys podcast, and Mark Hamill is also a huge Monkeys fan.
3: Yes. I'm also a huge Monkees fan oh, I, wow. grew up, I grew up on the Monkees I, I will go to the mat saying that Headquarters is their best album and, but I still have a soft spot for Pisces Aquarius Jones well, so that's, you know, that's me
0: Well maybe I'll have to encourage you to do the Empire Strikes Back with Headquarters that, that, See that would be
3: appropriate that would be the album I would want to do of course we would run into the same problem where it would take us <laughs> five years and uh, it would be incredibly difficult to do but other than that it's a great idea I love it Ken
0: we, we, I want to kind of unpack this a little bit for people because you've made an album cover and you have it in MP3 and you also have it in FLAC. Yep. And it's also a series of videos that you can watch for free on YouTube. This is amazing. It is, it is a multimedia push. When you go to the website, and what is the name of the website, gentlemen?
2: It's uh, talentswapninja.com. It is- yeah.
0: Call it Of course, we'll put links in the show notes. But when you go there, it's really well laid out. And there's so much that you can do. And you can also encourage the folks and spread the word and let other people know where you got it from. And that's really all you ask for, right?
3: Yeah. I mean, we we don't really the currency online is credit, right? Like uh, mm-hmm. for all the jokes that people say, you're working for exposure Uh, You know, that was really all we wanted is just people to if they connected with it to say cool I liked that we both have day jobs. This is not our main thing We do this for fun on the side if you like it, and uh, you want to share it with other people Yeah, just just passing along either of the URLs uh, palletswapninja.com or if you just want to go straight to the videos on YouTube, which my wife created painstakingly which it is you know film footage for the entire album in order Uh, That's bit.ly slash Star Wars Beatles, all lowercase. Uh, She was adamant that she wanted to have videos for everything because she realized people don't trade funny songs around online anymore. You just go and say, check out this hilarious YouTube video. So we knew that's where we needed to be. And she made sure that we were.
0: She was right. You have a very smart wife, sir.
3: I have an, She also created the album cover and the CD booklet that comes with the free download. If you want to print that out, it's got all the lyrics in it. Anything that wasn't the album, the music itself was her. And she did hand claps on, uh, on getting better. She, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah <so. laughs>
0: and uh, I'm credited on the CD as the guy who listened to it. So That's
3: right. Yes. We, yeah. we made sure every time somebody listens to it that we add their name to the credits <laughs> as listener. Because we would be nowhere without the listeners
0: and viewers on YouTube, but seriously, I I, I bow before your wife. She really, uh, wow, what great inspiration, and very talented because uh, her work is fantastic.
3: Yeah, she put a lot of effort into it, and she had very specific ideas of what she wanted to do. The nicest compliment we heard was that her mom is a big Beatles fan but not a big Star Wars fan. She watched my wife's version of our album as... Star Wars, And she said, oh, I finally understand Star Wars now. Well, so that, <laughs> that was kind of the best compliment you could get.
2: <laughs> yeah, Fantastic. she's really been able to establish a, a quite a connection for people with the videos. I mean, a lot of people are saying like, oh, this feels like, you know, I did when I watched Star Wars for the first time. And, uh, and, and we've also heard of a lot of people watching her videos and, and getting emotional about, you know, some of the tracks. And, and that's really been very interesting to kind of follow yeah,
3: not all of the tracks are played for laughs. There are a few right. sort of emotional moments because yes. the story suggested that they be emotional moments. And I, I think both Jude and I have both been surprised to see people say, oh my goodness, I'm tearing up and I'm watching YouTube. What is going on? I'm like, yeah. we don't know. What is going on? Yeah, that's not... We, we're really obviously happy that people have connected with it, but people did connect with it a little deeper than I personally expected.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, Dan, do you have a favorite track off the, the album?
3: Yeah, mine is probably uh, The Force Within You because it was the most difficult to put together, for me anyway. We didn't really know what we were going to do with uh, Within You Without You. It's obviously unlike any other song on the on the record and any song mm-hmm. that came before it, on, you know, from the Beatles. So we had problems figuring out how to get the instrumentation right. The way that it came out, I'm very proud uh, we put the right elements together. I did a lot of things on guitar that I've never done before and came up with a couple creative solutions on the fly. During the call and response solo section, we threw in R2-D2's beeps to go back and forth with the strings. Yes. And that was sort of a that was a, a necessity kind of thing. I wasn't sure what to do. And I said, oh, in the middle of working on the track, oh, I wonder if this would work. And then I sent Jude to work mix. And he goes, nope, that's perfect. Keep it in. I think you just solved the problem. So yeah, yeah was, I, I have a soft spot. How do you make a
2: that. solo funny? You know?
3: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's yeah, that's my that's my soft spot is that song because it came out better than I thought.
4: Let's check out
0: this mega mix and what I'm going to do is I'm going to take each track and kind of play the choruses of each one so I I, I just want our listeners to know exactly how great this project is so let's kick it off.
5: With illicit help from your friends Hey, but nice try With illicit help from your friends You're gonna die Along with all of your friends
4: do try to do you harm. I'll strike them down, cut off an arm of theirs instead. I guess they've never seen a Jedi or a real lightsaber in this bar. And of course, my power source comes from the Force. Turn the ship around or else I feel We're too the moon that's waiting there Look, the time will come perhaps when I am gone The force will flow within you and without you They won't be expecting what's happening next in Twenty-three Getting very near the end. Princess lay a stone, and Princess lay a stone, and Princess lay a stone, and death. Song plan. five, I'm going in. Pull up, a pilot said. Off a show that I was dead. Got a little cooked, but I'm okay. And are too hey, Just see what you can do. Here's the plan. We're going fast. Keep the spiders off our backs. Gonna close it up with Bigs and Wedge. Then Obi-Wan spoke, and I went into a dream. Teachings I recall. My torpedo finds a target and I wait for it to fall. We need the dead and gone.
0: Stabilize your rear deflectors. Watch for enemy fighters.
4: Watch it, you've
6: got one on your tail. Yes, I can hold it. Pull up! No, I'm all right.
7: target
0: fire coming in point three stay on target
7: i'm on the leader
4: this is it you may file and ready.
3: wonderful thank you for yeah, doing great. it because it's the kind of thing that people go oh that's cute and then if they get to actually hear a little bit of every track they go oh my god these guys are crazy they did everything you know <laughs> so i think it helps sell the, the sort of concept for people if they can hear a sampler
0: well i'll tell you it, it blew me away I, I i'm impressed by the musicality and that's something that I hope that you understand what I mean by that and, and, and the compliment I'm giving you. Because it is intense. You've you've really taken great care to make sure that this is just right.
2: That was by design. I mean we really came at this with a very with a lot of respect for, for both pieces of source material. And I remember Dan telling me very early on, he's like, We need we need to get this we need to get the instrumentation as close as we can humanly get it and no one is the beatles and you know so you know we're 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 shooting for close as our gold standard because you know because of people like you who who really appreciate the beatles
0: now what about people who do not appreciate this uh Project. I mean, we live in an age where the motto could be instead of "I think, therefore I am," it's "I complain, therefore I am." I'm sure you must have heard from somebody living in somebody's basement somewhere who complains. Uh, what what has been the negative reaction?
3: Yeah, we, I mean, honestly, we've been blown away by how many people were effusive and very positive. Uh, but yes, it's inevitable. You cannot get away from a handful of grumps. You know, uh, we we were we saw some comments that said, uh, I sounded, my vocals sounded like Stewie from Family Guy. That was a good one. Um, yeah, oh, there was one that said, it's a shame you couldn't have written better lyrics. I liked that one too. Mm. Uh, a couple people did say, oh, this is disrespectful. And I'm not sure whether it was disrespectful to Star Wars or disrespectful to the Beatles, but they just said disrespectful. And then everybody else in that thread, yeah, disrespectful. You know, just jumping on. And yet, uh, like to me, I I think it's the most respectful thing I've ever done because we were sweating the source material, Mm -hmm. listening, analyzing, doing uh, uh, so much research into the instruments, into the recording of the original Pepper, and then also making sure that all of our references to the film were accurate. We Mm. we take a lot of cues from the dialogue of the films and try to rework those as the actual lyrics. Uh, And, you know, people are still nitpicking. But they're they're on the lower end. But yeah, it, it does sort of make you throw up your hands and go, You can't even give away something for free, you know, without somebody saying, I want a refund, you know.
0: You can, you you just know that the comic book guys out there. Worst parody of Sergeant Peppers and oh, Star Wars together.
3: Absolutely. Yesterday somebody pointed out that, you know, in Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, our version is Luke is in the desert and whining, and we have that scene where where Luke and and owen are buying r2d2 and c3po from the mm-hmm. jawas luke says you know the little red droid rolls over and and explodes and he says this R2 unit has a bad motivator so we built the lyrics off of him calling it an R2 unit even though every Star Wars fan that ever had an action figure will tell you that droid's name is R5D4 so naturally that led to somebody going do you guys even Star Wars (laughs) Uh, and it's like you're going to nitpick on that level when we were actually taking it from the film because that's what Luke says the dialogue was our guide through all of it exactly yes. what's said in the script you know so mm-hmm. that guy can can go and be grumpy on his own but you know i'm like yeah. he
2: needs to yeah. put down the action figure
3: yeah and, and I, I actually responded i was like have you seen the film you should see the film we really recommend seeing this film it's a great film you'll like it when you see it and pay attention mm-hmm. so yeah
0: <laughs> now hey jude did you have a uh, favorite track off the the album
2: Wow, yeah, it, you know, it's been changing as I've been listening to it, and it's, it's kind of fun now to be sort of removed from it enough to to actually listen to it for fun. Mm-hmm. But the one that that I'm really enjoying a lot is "Being" from the Spaceport of Moss Iceley, which is our our riff on Mr. Kite. Yes, and that was a lot of fun for me. There's there's lots of fun keyboard in that song. There's accordion. There's organs. There's there's you know harmoniums. All kinds of craziness going on, and you know there's just some I really liked what Dan put together for the the, the middle piece, where the uh, the Beatles had famously like taken some carnival music, and I, I mm-hmm. think they actually cut up the tape and threw it yes. in the air and then strung it together. Mm-hmm. And yep. so uh, Dan actually found some software that that does a, a similar thing uh, with with some of the John Williams Cantina Band stuff. And then uh, we got to record our our own uh, you know snippet of the Cantina Band song at the end of that one. So it was just a lot of fun instrumentally that song. Just
0: fantastic. Well, I'll tell you, as, like I said, a fan of Star Wars and especially a fan of the Beatles, I, I love this. And I've always been the kind of guy that would go out and, like, buy every permutation of every Beatles song. I would, uh, you know, it didn't matter who covered it. It could have been Frank Sinatra or whoever. I would get everything. Cool. And <laughs> I'm, I'm including this in my Beatles collection.
3: Oh, wow. Thank you. Well, we're
2: honored. Thank you.
3: Yeah, and we should talk sometime, because I also collect, particularly, I like the Bad Beatles covers.
2: Ah, I hope we don't ooh. make it
3: into that, but I'm sure you and I can have a, a nice long conversation <laughs> well, maybe about some, some of someday our favorite, we'll do, unusual Beatles covers. Yeah,
0: maybe someday we'll do a uh, Bad Beetle covers episode.
3: I, I would love to come back for that. That would be a cool <laughs> segment.
0: I'd also like to have you guys come back on and play some of your biggest hits, shall we say, from out there in the internet land. Because you guys have a fairly long career now of doing this, you're getting old in the tooth. You're, you're the other yeah. statesman of this now. So
3: this is crazy. This is our <laughs> tenth year of working together just on funny music. Mm-hmm. We worked together, you know, in a cover band earlier than that. So we've, you know, we know each other for longer. But it was a little sobering to go. Oh my God, this is what we've done in ten years.
0: <laughs> this is what we've done with ten years of our life. Exactly! Oh my God,
3: this
4: is all we have to show for it! Oh God!
0: Yeah. Hey, you're 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 married. You know that's a that's more than a lot of people who don't leave the basement. So
3: that's true. That's true. So
0: you've got that going for you.
3: Uh, obviously, we put a lot of effort into the album. So seeing it resonate with people, because we we said there's gonna be the Venn diagram of Beatles fans and Star Wars fans. We didn't know how much would overlap. We knew there would be some people, but if we did it right then it would really resonate with that, that sliver of the two overlapping circles. And I really think that you're probably in that overlapping uh, sliver. So Oh, for um, sure,
0: for sure. Yeah, Absolutely.
3: And honestly, all the haters, <laughs> Luke Skywalker liked our jokes about Luke Skywalker. They can sit and spin. <laughs> I don't care. Yep.
0: Well, gentlemen, I want to thank you for being on our show and uh, thank you for getting back to us. And I really wish you a lot of success with this project and I will say may the Force be with you and happy Star Wars Day to you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for all the hard work you put into this. You've, you've made this guy right here. Smile. I really enjoy your work.
2: <laughs>
3: that makes well, it all worthwhile. Thank you, Ken.
2: Thanks right, for having Ken. us. We will see you soon.
4: I can hold it. Pull
6: up. No, I'm all right. Go on, go on. Go on. Red six, empty. Red five. Stay on target.
7: Fire coming in point three. Stay on target. I'm on the leader.
0: We definitely want to thank the guys for dropping by Pop today. Courtney, what you think of the music that these guys put together?
1: I thought they did a really nice job. It's really funny and the, the lyrics are good and you don't really, it's, you know, one thing that when I listen to a lyric change, mm-hmm. if I can't predict what they're going to say next, then I'm really, I'm in. I couldn't tell what they were going to say next a lot of the time. Yeah. So and it's, it was it, fun.
0: It's incredibly faithful to the Star Wars mythos and just fantastic. There's little, little in jokes all around, mm-hmm. but it's, it's just so cool. So, we're going to play an ad for a show that we think you might like because it's part of pop culture, right, Courtney? Oh,
1: it's so good. I listen every week. I, the selection of music is fantastic. It's a really great show. So, on the other side of these ads,
0: we will be back with my discussion with Matt Porter and Gary Schaller about Star Wars.
4: Do, 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 do. <laughs>
8: When you want to hear the latest and newest jangle, hooky, melodic rock and roll, along with classic power pop music, you can always dial in to Ritz Records Podcast. Available now on iTunes. Subscribe today! Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Hello, Skywalkers! Are you looking for a fun-filled Star Wars and
4: Disney podcast? Well, if you answered yes... Then join me, Richard Woloski, and my sweetie wife, Sarah, on Skywalking Skywalking Through Neverland.
1: Neverland. We are the family-friendly Star Wars and Disney podcast that brings you entertaining stories from creators and fans. You can hear us every week. We are Skywalking Through Neverland, wherever podcasts are played, and at skywalkingthroughneverland.com.
4: We look forward to having you in our Skywalker family. And always remember, never, never land, land on Alderon.
0: <laughs> Hello. Is this uh Matthew Porter?
8: What's happening, pal?
0: <laughs> what up? What up. What up? Star Wars. I've wanted to do this, this is kinda like a love letter to you guys. <laughs> oh me. man okay uh Theodore Evelyn Mosby <laughs> have you guys, have
8: one. you guys seen this movie what is it Star Wars
0: yeah
9: yeah Stars War I've seen yeah Stars, Stars War. War yeah yeah a few times all right there, and there.
0: joining us right now on pop are two very good friends of mine and i wanted to do something special for the anniversary of star wars and i couldn't think of anybody better to spend this time with than matt porter and gary Schaller. welcome to the show guys
2: oh
9: it's, it's such a
0: pleasure <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> matt porter you're the wookiee you have your show the kiss room that we do, and uh, we always often say that it's play hooky with a wookie, so uh, it's it's something that you're kind of identified with, and Gary, since I've known you, there are two things that we love in common, and that's KISS and Star Wars, and I know, I know, I know you're going to say canned spam, <laughs> and <laughs> right. Little Debbie Three. Snack Cakes, but
9: Three things we have in common. Oh, yeah. uh,
0: uh. <laughs> but Since I've known both of you, your love of Star Wars has been something that's always been strong with this one, if you will. Mm -hmm. And Mm. (laughs) Gary, I'd like to ask you: How did you get bit by the bug of Star Wars? Where did it start for you? How did it happen?
9: Well, first, here I want—I want to just. Here's my ringtone. Hang on a second. Let me see if I can get it going here. I can't talk about Star Wars without talking about my dad. Okay. And uh, my dad was 30 when Star Wars came out, and I was one. Mm-hmm. And so the story goes that I that you know it was still in theaters by the time I was about one and a half, two years old because it stayed in theaters forever. Mm-hmm. And so I I was running a high fever. I was sick uh, one day, and my dad came home from work with the little diecast X-wing fighter, and I still have it in my bedroom it's missing a wing it's missing the cockpit the pilot has no head and this was the small die cast kenner x-wing fighter and he said that i just lit up mm-hmm. and you know we, we we all now have families and 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 we all now you know have kids and you know that thing that happens when you know you a kid is down you know feeling down or feeling sick and they light up mm-hmm. um Soon thereafter, he picked up the R two and the three PO, the three and three quarter scale Kenner action figures for me. My dad really fed this thing. Uh, he and my mom had seen it in theaters already, and it blew his mind. He mm-hmm. he was just floored. This wasn't a case of the uninformed dad goes to the store like oh, I got to get something for the kid. Like my dad grew up on Flash Gordon, he grew up on science fiction and fantasy and um, and comics. So I, I I grew up knowing who Jack Kirby was and. Buster Crab, and so for him he was he was like cultivating something in me and um, when I was two years old my parents took me to see Star Wars I'd been to theaters before but never sat through a movie I I didn't I had a two-year-old's patience I couldn't but I stood on my seat gripping the back of the chair in front of me for the two plus hours of Star Wars anytime my parents tried to talk to me said like you know how do you like it what do you think I would just say shh, and I was forever transformed. Mm. Matt Porter, your story.
8: You know, and first of all, I'm thrilled to be on Pop. I love the show. And, you know, usually we're talking about Kiss, but it's fun. I mean, when you think about this, you know, when you said, let's talk about Star Wars, and I thought, wow, for the show about pop culture, I almost can't think of something like, I mean, it, it took me back in my mind to that time in the early 70s because you figure. And I started thinking about, like, when I was a kid, like, you figure, like, 1974, like, you know, you start to discover, like, Planet of the Apes. Uh And, you know, and then we had, like, you know, obviously, like, George Reeves' Superman and Adam West' Batman and, and Linda Carter as Wonder Woman. And there was professional wrestling and Super Friends and cartoons. And we would be outside playing baseball. And there's comic books. And, I mean, summer of 76, discovering Kiss. And then... Summer of seventy seven and I really never will forget like seeing the commercial for this and turning to my dad and saying, like, like what is that? Like, uh-huh. you know, and I and there's so many images from that commercial. Oddly enough, the one where the, the escape pod leaves. Like like I remember that being burned into my mind and where the where the X wings are coming across and you see like there's certain shots and I remember turning and I, right in the front room of our house, turning and like just like what did I just see that commercial Uh and then when we had the chance to see it was we all loaded into our blue Ford van Uh and we went to the drive-in and the first time I saw Star Wars was at the drive-in how old were you Matt so 1977 I'm nine years old wow great and you know it really my mom always said, she says, I don't think you blinked once. I mean, it's funny the way you describe that, Gary, like, you know, just kind of, shh, you know. My mom said, I don't think you blinked one time. She said, You were like, like transfixed on the screen. And, and I mean, I can remember that like it was yesterday. And it's funny, that drive in doesn't even exist anymore. It was right down the end of uh, 309 in Montgomeryville, if anybody knows that area. But the, uh, just kind of being blown away by it. And I mean, really, it almost, for me, it's one of those things where I always kind of joke, but I think by 1977, we kind of had everything that we would need in life between Kiss and Star Wars. And, you know, you had Kurt Swan drawing Superman. I mean, it was just like, I mean, really, outside of that, put that Linda Carter poster on the wall, and really, how much farther do you need to go? You know, it's just... And it was one of those things that, for me, it really set off a whole thing with... I mean, I was always into art and comic books, but Star Wars, you would draw pictures of them, and I would draw little comic books of them, and I read the comic books, and, and all the extra novels then that came out, and fantastic films, and Starlog, and it really, for me, was just like such a jumping-off point of something that that I just loved, and still do. Yeah. What about you, Ken? Well,
0: it's, it's weird because... I'm not sure whether you guys know this. For all your Star Wars knowledge, I'm not sure that you are aware that George Lucas, in an attempt to get my favor, actually released Star Wars on my birthday in
5: 1977.
0: Uh, So, you know, he's got that going for him, right? (laughs) But the weird thing was, is Star Wars to me wasn't so much a movie as it was a trading card and a comic book. And something that was happening to other people. Mm. At the time, I remember having a magazine that had all about the movie, and I would be reading it. Or you would get the bubblegum cards, and you're like, "Well, who are these sand people?" And you would, you thought that they had like a much bigger part in the movie, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, right. And they, they really don't. But when you're a kid and you're looking at these cards, that can be an eight-hour thing. You know what I'm saying? It. There was nothing that was in that movie that could have been as good as what I imagined. Does that make sense at all? Well, sure. I think...
9: Yeah. I think that I think that they... That was very slick marketing on their part, wasn't it?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, the thing is, is that I wanted to see Star Wars, but at the time, my mom didn't have a car. And we lived out in the country, so we were stuck. You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was nothing going to happen. And my first Star Wars film was not the actual Star Wars movie, but one of those 8 millimeter things without sound that lasted about <laughs> 15 minutes. Oh, wow. It was a cut of Star Wars that was seriously about 15 minutes long. And it had all the important parts. Mm. So... <laughs> It, it it was kind of weird because here was this thing that I could watch as many times as I wanted, but I only saw 15 minutes of it at a time, right? When I was able to see it at the drive-in, along with Empire Strikes Back. So here's how I saw Star Wars. Empire Strikes Back first, then Star Wars. Hmm. I know that the Star Wars movies don't really have like one, two, three, four, five. You, know, you, you, you have A New Hope. Which, to me, was just Star Wars 1. Star Wars. Yeah, it was just Star Wars, period. And I, to this day, know that that film is called Star Wars slash A New Hope. But I always want to let folks know that no matter how you're coming into it now, this is Star Wars. This is the Mm -hmm. real deal. This is the Megillah. So it was kind of weird seeing this ultra-long cut of Star Wars when I actually did get to see it. <laughs> and it, it did have sound, oddly enough. Yeah, and it was more than 15 minutes long, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah.
8: You know, they, thinking back, what were the scenes that were in the 15-minute version? Which ones that can you really remember? I'm so uh, glad
9: you asked. I was sitting here editing myself, being <laughs> like, don't,
0: don't do it. <laughs> you, you saw Luke on the planet. You saw Luke meeting Obi-Wan. You saw... Uh, Han, guess. right, and then you saw them uh, basically get on the Death Star. It was it was pretty much if you took the best of the movie, the most salient points, the the, the biggest parts, even the trash compactor, and you know you're my only hope, Obi Wan, right? All that stuff was there, but just truncated mm. to the mm. blowing up of the Death Star. Did it wow. have
9: the that opening? shot the iconic uh thing of the um the rebel blockade runner followed by the star destroyer going over your head
0: yeah but it seemed to go a lot faster
9: uh, well without that music
0: yeah exactly but if we did listen to the star wars soundtrack while we watched it mm. so that's it pretty, was a, a pretty, a, pretty magical thing. in a way yeah it is it's But it's almost like trying to explain to somebody how talkies were in in that same respect because I seriously wanted to be part of Star Wars. Mm. But here's here's my bone of contention was as Matt mentioned earlier, we had everything from Jaws to Star Wars to whatever, and there was this show called Star Trek that I was really into. And one kid said Star Trek sucks. Star Wars is better. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time I realized the unholy war that would follow me throughout the rest of my entire life. God, so dumb. <laughs> it is. It's incredibly it's so dumb. Really, the only thing they have in common are really cool characters and the fact that they have Star in the <laughs> beginning. That's it. You know? So, <laughs> this this universe ain't big enough for the both of us, I guess. That's that's the way some people think. That is the most illogical attitude. It's never been much of a problem to me. I've always looked at Star Wars fans and kind of been happy for you guys. And yeah. I consider myself a Star Wars fan. I own every version of the film, right? And I recently watched Rogue One, and that was very good. Yeah. Kind of a downer film, but we won't oh. spoil it for anyone. But that... It, kind of takes the the direction of empire strikes back right because you have like star wars where there's this new hope and then there's empire strikes back where it's kind of a down ending but mm-hmm. it, but to me that made that movie right yeah it had to have that ending yeah absolutely. i have to put in a i have to put in like a
9: plug here a little free publicity for for somebody else okay but if, if you haven't already the, the two of you and then anyone listening should check out the website called plaid stallions it's an amazing nostalgic website for everything that we're talking about and more and just anything and everything 70s pop culture early 80s pop culture they also have a great podcast called pod stallions uh Mm -hmm. and they talk about all of this they talk about the like the pre-star wars world it's not a star wars podcast it's Mm -hmm. it's just it's everything they talk about the world pre-star wars they talk about seeing empire one of the co-hosts talks about what a letdown for him uh, Empire was because there was that tonal shift from swashbuckling to everybody gets their ass kicked. <laughs> but but it's a great podcast, really fun, good natured. Love Pod Stallions, great show.
0: Yeah. Well, we we want to encourage folks to check that out as well.
8: Well, you know, it's interesting, even with that. Like you talk about, like their website. I think really, it's as a kid, that was the thing with Star Wars was everywhere. Like you know, you were if you were like they put a lot of uh, the old like catalog pages and stuff up on on their website you know and you remember you would flip open the newspaper and there would be like like in, i'm sure you guys remember what you walking through the store and you'd see like star wars t-shirts and iron-ons and like you were talking about the cards like you know you go get the cards and i think that's one of the things that i was going to say was the fact that at the time especially 77 78 star wars really was everywhere Everywhere you looked, every store had something Star Wars in it because they were all trying to cash in on that. Like on Plaid Stallions, they'll often put like Sears catalog pages. Be the coolest kid in the town with your Star Wars shirt. You know, it's <laughs> like uh, and I think that's one of the things that I really think about at the time was that it just seemed to be everywhere. And and I think really also I think what's interesting on this, especially on on the pop culture podcast, is the idea of. You know, there was no home video, there was no YouTube, there was no internet. And I think if you're, if you, at the time, you know, you didn't get to see it a hundred times right away. You had to go back to the theater a bunch of times to see it. And you, know, you had people going back dozens of times to the theater. It was just a different experience, you know. And now, you, like Rogue One is a good example. You figure that came out and it's already, you know, it's all, it just came out on DVD and then you didn't really have to wait very long.
6: Mm-hmm.
8: And, you even the length between Star Wars and then Empire Strikes Back, you know, was a bunch of years. And it's funny because in 97 when they re-released the, uh, the movies to the theaters, I remember sitting there when we went to see Star Wars again. And, you know, the Death Star blows up and, and the, uh, there's the spoiler alert if you haven't seen it 40 <laughs> years ago. But the, uh, the credits are going. And, of course, and, and I hear this kid behind me say to his Mom. Mom what do they do in the next one? (laughs) And and we were laughing. And I said to my wife, I said, you know, we had to wait like three years to find that out. And, you know, here he was going to wait a week and they were going to put the next one in the theater. And I just, I remember as we were, you know, as I was thinking about that, we would talk about this. I think it also really for everything that you're doing on the pop culture podcast is it really is a, a huge just difference in the way that we see things now, you know? And like uh-huh. you said, I mean, you had the trading cards and you had these pictures. Like, think about, like, the one I always think about is that one with the back. And there's that yes. stormtrooper, and you go, that's way, way, way in the back of that one shot. And it wasn't until they did the... Uh, you know special special effects uh, versions of it that we saw one really do anything other than just kind of sit there but in your mind you thought well man that's the coolest thing ever like any movie would be happy to have that would be the coolest thing in their movie let alone that's hidden way in the back
9: yeah kenner kenner had something to do with that too right i mean kenner toys geniuses at kenner toys put out you know so many backgroundy characters and and vehicles and and they put out a doback right just like you're saying you know you have the trading card with a back on it you have that 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 wonderful glossy section of glossy photos that are in the novelization right this like yes. hardcover light blue novelization that has that gave us so much that's tantalizing like at the beginning there's that they put a quote from the journal of the wills what's the journal of the wills right, you know, right? and so there's that picture of the guy on the dewback and really close up. You, you could you could feel the scales on the dewback skin and they gave you a freaking dewback toy to, to pop your stor- <laughs> stormtrooper in. Right. Th- that's how they got us, you know, and it was wonderful.
8: Well, I think that's actually one of the interesting things, too, is the fact that it, at the time it seemed like the universe was so rich. Like, you know, when you looked at it, even the background characters were super interesting. And, you know, you could, as a kid, especially, I mean, you had the, then the comic books and things like that. You know, all these other characters had a life outside of what this movie was. You know what I mean? And I think yeah. that was part of the fun was really kind of imagining. I, I mean, really, it's not a huge spoiler, but even like in Rogue One where they have, you know, a couple of the characters from A New Hope that <laughs> make like little appearances. We, and right away, I mean, as a geek, you know, you're totally popping You know, obviously, some of the major ones that I mean, look, if you haven't seen Rogue One, I'm not going to tell you what they are. But there's some some unbelievable kind of appearances by by characters from Star Wars, the original Uh in Rogue One. Right. And the way that the two movies lock together is is just, I think, amazing. And, you know, but really kind of take me back to that idea of a kid in 1977 or 1978. You know, you had that one movie, but it was so filled with your own imagination. And I think that's where I try and live with it is in my mind, always thinking about how much I liked it when I first saw it. I mean, because, you know, you figure over the years, like I'll even say by the time they got to Return of the Jedi, Return of the Jedi was not maybe exactly what I wanted. And then obviously we could have a whole talk about episodes one, two and three and how, man, that's really not maybe what we wanted But, like, think about, like, Star Wars Holiday Special. You know, we could go on a whole story about that. You know, it's like the... um, Star Wars meets the Phantom of the Park. You know, exactly. I mean, it's just like, it's one of those things where, like, to me, I think of so many things in my life that were, you know, that were the excitement of, of doing things around Star Wars. And, I mean, really, Star Wars and Kiss are probably the two most, like, things that I've stayed so interested in. You know, all this time. And, I mean, when you think about that, like, I do joke, but, I mean, by the end of the 70s, we really had everything we needed.
9: Yeah. And the <laughs> world the world experienced it together. I What you're saying brought up a memory that's so fresh in my head. For me, growing up, Star Wars allowed a pause in whatever drama might have been going on in our lives. So, you know, I... I I had a great childhood, but I had a kind of a tough childhood because I, I have attention deficit disorder, and it made growing up hard in a lot of ways. You know so it was a real struggle to be in school for me as a kid, and, um, and it, it, it's, it's still a hard thing to live with. But everything hit pause when, when a Star Wars movie came out. Like my whole family got along real well when, <laughs> when Star Wars was at the table. And I remember sitting the whole world waited those three years between Empire and Jedi. It felt like that. Like, like 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 Matt, you're saying, like, the the sky's the limit. We, we would fantasize about what was going to happen. Like, what's Lando going to do? Are they going to get Han out of Carbonite? Are we going to finally uh, have a confrontation with Jabba the Hutt, you know? And so we're sitting in the theater. It's the opening weekend of Return of the Jedi. And we're sitting there waiting to watch it for the very first time. And behind us are these two old ladies, like, you'd see out of, you know just like you can picture them they're like the quintessential two old women okay and one of them turns to the other It was so great she says in this voice darth vader is a
4: robot <laughs> like,
9: that, like that was her contact right before the movie even starts right darth vader is a robot like she said it with such authority um and i just love the idea that this woman we couldn't have been more different she and i but that she had spent the past, you know, in my mind, she had also spent the past three years uh, trying to figure out what was going to happen after Empire Strikes Back. And I love that about Star Wars.
8: I agree.
0: Do you ever feel sorry for people that don't have this? Who
9: don't have Star Wars or who don't have that that experience of of uh, waiting or not knowing or having the imagination piece. All of that. And the fact that
0: the force is not with them. Mm
8: -hmm. I guess I always, always try and think about if you're a kid now and like, like star Wars is on cable or, you know, on, you know, just during the day, like in my mind, when, when we were younger, if star Wars would have been on TV, that would have been like the greatest moment in TV history. And like, you know what I mean? Now it's just something that just shows up on TV, like any other movie. Like, in a way, like, you know, Wizard of Oz kind of still seems to get a little of that special treatment. Like, it only seems to be on at certain times. But, like, you know, in my mind, Star Wars really would have always been that that one. But I always think it's, like, especially special effects-wise, you know, I mean, and if you go back, and I only really ever watched the one without all the extra special effects because that's my favorite version of it. But, like, if you're a kid now, like, do you look at it and go, eh, you know, like, I don't know that they would get it because, I mean, you see so much stuff. And I guess that's what I always figure is it was perfect for me in 1977. You know, nine-year-old me that still is pretty much (laughs) 49-year-old me is, uh, you know, I think that's the difference is that it was what, like, you didn't have 8 billion channels on TV or, you know, YouTube and all these other kind of things. You had that. And going out to the theater was still a big deal, you know, is now... You know, you can wait for it for a couple months and it's on DVD. But the – uh and I think that's what it really is, is that, that we were lucky to have kind of been with it from the start and yeah. have it always kind of come up. But, it, like, my daughter is, you know, not really – like, she doesn't really care about it. You know, it's like – and I don't know. I always think, like, do younger kids. And there seems to be a lot of younger kids, obviously, they are into Star Wars. Uh-huh. But I think, in a way, like, if you look at all the special effects and you're probably thinking, like, eh, you know, whatever, you know. But the – uh So I don't know. I wouldn't say I ever feel sorry for anybody. Uh, I just feel glad that I got to experience it really the way I did. Mm -hmm.
9: There's a memory that's really that I think all three of us can remember is like going to um, 7-Eleven or one of those stores. Yeah, Mm -hmm. 7-Eleven used to have them. They would have a a 3D movie like on TV, right? And you could get your 3D glasses at participating (laughs) 7-Eleven store, right? You buy a Slurpee and you get 3D glasses, right? And then you go home and you watch. Oh, I don't know, Zachary or whomever. Doctor Shock. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. that's like a whole other podcast. <laughs> they, they would test it out. You put your 3D glasses on, and they would say like, "Is it working?" And they like, you know, poke this, poke you in the face. But that whole thing of everybody, or at least everybody who's who's cool, who's down, right? Everybody is going to go to Seven Eleven because everybody on Friday night is going to park their ass in front of the TV channel channel eleven or whatever, and and we're going to all have an hour or two in 3D. And that thing, right, is, is kind of gone, right? We don't, like, yes, it's there for, like, a week when a new Star Wars movie comes out, you know? But that, that thing of, like, having to wait together, right, these, these moments.
8: These, like, shared events.
0: Yes, yeah,
8: yeah. They seem to be disappearing.
0: Yeah. That's true, and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that we grew up with the communal fireplace of three channels and radio. There wasn't Sirius XM, there wasn't Satellite Dish, there wasn't Netflix and Hulu and Bing Bang and Twizzle Bong and all these things (laughs) that have yet to be named. We had three channels. And whatever was playing at the drive-in or whatever was playing at the, you know, now you can go to a place and see 16 movies we were lucky to have a place that
8: had two. <laughs> well, you know, but even when you're saying about going to the 7-Eleven, think about all these like Burger King has your Star Wars glasses and Those you know glasses, how many people want to go get that. All that kind of stuff in a way, like Star Wars was able to get itself into almost everything. And I think that's that's something that I think really when I think back to it, if you'd see something about it in the paper or you saw it in the magazine or and I know you guys could probably relate to this was when if they would be talking about it on one of the early morning news magazines and it would always have one of those straight announcers so the story of star wars luke skywalker han solo and his crew will be coming back to theaters and you know and, you, and i have a lot of them recorded with like a cassette like up to the, to the tv kind of thing and i don't know like to me like when that would come on tv even it was an event or if it would if it would, and i guess in a lot of ways and we talk about this a lot but it's the same thing as kiss if kiss was going to come on a tv show you all had to watch Like, it was a big deal. Uh Appointment television. I just think it is really really something interesting when we think about pop culture, the kind of difference, the way that we kind of consume things now than we did.
9: Well, like, you know, and I don't look a gift horse in the mouth. Believe me, like, I love the fact that I take my phone out of my back pocket and I'm watching A New Hope. Right. You know, like, that's insane. Okay, (laughs) But or or just the fact we, you know, like we were talking about, like, last month or whatever it was, you know, like. Ken goes to see Gene Simmons, we're watching it on our computers. Right, as, exactly. As it's happening. You know, like that's insane. But there is something it's not forget if it's better or worse. There is just something missed and gone about those events. Uh, or like Thanksgiving, remember they I, I always associate Thanksgiving. What do you associate Thanksgiving with when you think about television? I the wonder Macy's if it was a parade, you know. Okay, the parade. What else? Are there particular movies that you associate with Thanksgiving?
8: Well, Wasn't Wizard of Oz one they would always show at Thanksgiving?
9: Wizard of Oz, yes. But I always associate that. Maybe this is a gen- like a slight generation difference. But I always associate Thanksgiving with they would show monster movies. Oh yeah. So thanks. Yeah. Okay, like King Kong and Godzilla movies. Mm-hmm. Okay, so like things like that, or like they used to have the Chopsaki movies on Channel Five or whatever on Sundays. Like it would mm-hmm. be like Kung Fu Theater for a few hours or whatever. Yeah. That's all gone. Yeah. 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 And so I do place, feel a little I, sad about that, kind of. Yeah, I do. You no, know, yeah, there's a part of me that's like, well, if you're not down with Star Wars, you're missing something in your life. I guess it's a little, like, <laughs> maybe a little, a little, like, pseudo-religious in a way, but right. I mostly just feel like there's this thing... My kids do like Star Wars, but there's this thing that they will not know. Just like I won't know Kiss the way you two do because of that that difference of 10 years or whatever.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. It, you, you really hope that... Uh, people will be able to find things the same way you did, right? Which is like any time you try to turn your buddy onto something. Or you have that moment where you sit down and play your wife her first kiss album or her first viewing of Star Wars or Star Trek or what whatever the thing is. You know, you want to share that experience with someone. Mm. I feel bad for people that don't have something like Star Wars or Star Trek or whatever it may be that can fire their imagination and that's one of the beautiful things about the Star franchises if you will and I see this with Doctor Who as well and things like that is that it engages people to a point of creativity it's not just a passive thing where you just sit there and watch it and I'm not talking about cosplay per se I'm talking about how you fill out the rest of the story whether it's through art or writing or something but That's one of the things I've loved about the things that we all share in common. Like, for example, KISS. Mm -hmm. There are some people to KISS is just a band that sang a few songs that they might have liked or didn't like. But to us, it's the beginning of creation in not talking about the world or anything. We're talking about a world. Right. Where you can draw a KISS comic book or look at KISS uh, cards or a comic book or or whatever, you know, whatever form it would be, or a podcast in this case. I'm
9: just thinking about the fact that they all share, Kiss is a fairy tale, and mm-hmm. so is Star Wars, and so is Star Trek, and and, and if you think about it, I, I know you two fellas would agree, like, when you hear Space, the final frontier, mm-hmm. right, or you hear, you wanted the best, you got the best, or you, you see, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. It, or just what it hear is, that,
0: that, that opening music
9: yep yeah it's these it's these things like once upon a time in a a magical kingdom right it's setting your brain up to just it's opening it it's basically like people do like i imagine sort of like meditation like focus on your breathing open your brain and it's just like okay
8: i am one with the force the force is with me
9: that's it yeah 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 (laughs) these were like these magical words that just open up your brain to just create like you said like sky's the limit you know absolutely (laughs)
0: talked about the music just a little bit. Just imagine Star Wars without that music. Yeah. I cannot even imagine what it would be like. And one of the things that I've been so glad about with the, the newer Star Wars, if you will, from the prequels on, that they have maintained that level of quality. Oh, yeah. And I think that that is fantastic. I cannot imagine... Star Wars without that music it's someone it's, it's somebody, impossible
9: no somebody said I, I I don't remember which podcast it was on but someone calls it Star Wars oxygen like John Williams music is the oxygen in the galaxy far far away and without it you can't breathe
0: Wow yeah what is it about the music that grabs you so much Matt
8: you know I think it's one of the things I think about and I was thinking about this the other day was that it because it's not something that I would have normally listened to. Like that was really like my dad would have liked that music a lot more than I would have at the time. It made it part of Star Wars and it was part of that Star Wars universe. Like if you did you see the new um the Justice League trailer where they're using some kind of rock song and it's all cut to a yeah, rock song? Yeah, it's
0: the the Beatles Come Together done by
8: Some new band. That's I guess that's the point. is like I don't even know what it was, but you know, when I, it made me think about like when you think about the original Superman and with the score to that and how it just feels so much more epic and somehow rock music, like if Star Wars had a rock music soundtrack, how it wouldn't work, it would give it a different tone. And I think that was one of the things I liked about it was that it, the music felt like it was the music for Star Wars. It wasn't like as if it, it wasn't related to anything, kind of in current day. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I don't know. Like if it would have been Star Wars with with like you know a, the Queen soundtrack, <laughs> it just wouldn't have worked.
0: Well, right? in a sense, it let you know that you're headed somewhere different. You're headed right. for something magical, and it really set the table to to let you know that this is not something that's trapped in this time period.
8: Right. Um, that was a much better way of putting it than how I tried to put it.
0: <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy 2 is out in theaters. The soundtrack is a huge part of that film. And it's weird that if you take a look at the, the difference between this and Star Wars, for example, and I'm not setting up a confrontational thing in, in any way, shape, or form. They're both enjoyable. It's strange that that film is basically based on a kid who was raised in the late 70s mm-hmm. who has this tape recorder with music from that time period, and that frames the movie through the main character's mind, if you will. You're you're basically along his journey. Mm-hmm. And my stepson came in, and he was like, I've got to get that soundtrack, and I'm like, we have every song on that soundtrack, <laughs> right, right? You right, know right. that that new song by George Harrison, "My Sweet Lord," got it. That yeah. new song by that by that group, "Cheap Trick," got that. So, <laughs> it's Dad, just,
8: I have these great new bands for you to listen to. Yeah, <laughs> boy,
0: if I got something for you, I have so, been hooked on a feeling for five decades already. Yeah. <laughs> so it's interesting to see how music is such a powerful thing in both of those films, and they're both space fantasies or space operas, whatever you want to call it. But there is a sense of fun in everything. But whereas there's no real s- sense of sadness for me in Guardians of the Galaxy, it almost is the whole thing seems like we're going to be okay by the end of this film. Mm-hmm. You know, I, mm-hmm. I don't see them ever doing an Empire Strikes Back ending.
9: No, probably not. I mean, I, I'm, I'm assuming that they're just going to make each film kind of... Uh... There's no cliffhangers is what you're saying. Right. I, I would agree, yeah. And that music at the end of Empire Strikes Back, right? I mean right. what would what would that moment pulling away with you see your hero sadly looking out the that viewport? That moment without that unbelievable music, mm-hmm. I mean just wouldn't be the same. By the way, just to just to you know if you want to play a little audio clip here, the original trailer, the very first teaser trailer for Star Wars that oh, the begins big, the big somewhere up in space. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
6: yeah. Right. This weirdo music that is... There's no way that
9: that's John Williams, I don't think. Right? Maybe, I don't know, maybe it's John Williams. I, I can't imagine that it is, but it's just this super weird music. And it, you know, like, what would Star Wars be with different music? Well, it would be that. It just doesn't work.
7: Somewhere in space, this may all be happening right now. <laughs> 20th Century Fox and George Lucas, the man who brought you American graffiti, now bring you an adventure unlike anything on your planet, Star Wars. Here they come. Coming in too fast. The story of a boy, a girl, and a universe. It's a big, sprawling space saga of rebellion and romance. It's a spectacle light years ahead of its time. I am C-3PO, human cyborg relations, and this is my counterpart, R2-D2. Hello. No justice, no justice. It's an epic of heroes. villains and aliens from a thousand worlds star wars a billion years in the making And it's coming to your galaxy
8: this summer. But even that, like when you, I think about that, I remember seeing that. And at the time, it feels like there's almost like a sense of dread. Like you really like you feel this like, oh, my gosh. And I think that even adds to it when you watch that one. Like, what is this? Like, that's so much of my early memories of that or when you would see those commercials, and that was what, and I said it earlier, but, like, what is this? It made you want to just, like, you couldn't not find out what that was. Right,
9: right. There was something compulsory about all of it, right? Like Matt's saying, like, you had to. Even even on the back of the action figures, it didn't say, like, well, if you're interested, here's these other guys. you could." It said, collect all of them! (laughs) Exclamation point, like, go now!
8: These are the droids you're looking for.
9: You're missing Lobot. (laughs) (laughs) You know? <laughs> <laughs> such a great time to grow up with that you know that that's not happening anymore if you go just as I gripe they're making beautiful action figures now just gorgeous sculpts like amazing looking figures mm-hmm. but if you flip them over it doesn't tell you the other ones that are available
0: they're really missing something aren't they I we think you do
8: a whole episode on the artwork on the boxes of those action figures. And I always think of like the superhero, the Mego superheroes and, you know, you think about the artwork that those came in. I mean, you know, Hey, look, that's a whole other show.
9: As long as we're talking about artwork, we cannot do a star Wars pop culture thing. I think without mentioning Ralph McQuarrie. Yeah. Right. So for anyone listening who doesn't know Ralph McQuarrie, is the concept artist who designed the look and feel of everything that is synonymous with Star Wars. Um, And he passed away, I guess, oh, now it must be like five years ago, four or five years ago, but like he's a name to know if you care about Star Wars or if you're getting into Star Wars. His influence, they're still using, like Vader's castle in Rogue One, right? Never before shown on a screen, uh, never depicted in any of the media except... Ralph McQuarrie did concept art for Vader Castle back when they were designing Empire Strikes Back and they're still using his designs today and he's still absolutely uh brilliant genius artist. So you got to go check out Ralph McQuarrie.
8: And I think the Hildebrand brothers and Al Williamson, I mean when you think of all those early kind of st- you know, that early the, I think that's the original poster where it's Luke and Leia, you know, up on that kind of hill with Darth Vader mm-hmm. in the back. I mean, that's the Hildebrandt's, you know, and obviously a lot of those Star Wars comics, you know, I still I, I can't remember. I guess it was a couple years ago they were doing some kind of artwork where it was that sketchy. It was it was like Al Williamson's art mm-hmm. on some kind of new. Th- and you just it it takes me right back to that time, like those really early days of, of being a fan. Exactly.
0: Oh, Carmine Infantino
8: yes
9: yeah yeah I mean and I'll tell you just sorry as as we're on this another thing that I miss about that time right after Star Wars came out and just leading up to Empire is because of the lack of reference material um, there was so much uh, that had to be kind of just artistic license or I- interpreted from from memory or imagination like if you look at a lot of that early media like the um what like the comics whatever the glasses that you got at burger king any and all of that stuff there's some just weird like like some of the early comics have like a you see a millennium falcon with two cockpits
6: mm-hmm.
9: well, that appearance from by jabba the hut in the comic adaptation and he's like a a guy walking on two legs with a funny fishy face you know any of that stuff is just gold i love that whole period where you just had the first movie and then the sky's the limit right
8: you know what, that's funny when you talk about the, even the comic books, and that's a whole other thing. But like, one thing I never liked about the comic book, C-3PO jumping like a Marvel action hero. And you go, wait a minute, he can't jump like that.
0: <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that, that'll happen. <laughs> that's the transition from one thing to another. Like, it's weird. Uh, the Star Trek comics, for example, were drawn by an italian artist who never actually saw the show until much later wow and he was given a a few pictures so when you first read the first couple issues of those old gold key star trek comics like spock's like yelling at everybody and they've got these weird shotgun phaser type things and it's it's just so bizarre but that guy's doing the best with what he had to work with you know what i'm saying so, in that same respect, the the same thing with CP30. You know, the, the guys at Marvel only had so much to work with. Right. So, Matt, what is your favorite Star Wars? Is there a certain favorite film? And what is well, I mean, that one? Well, I mean, the
8: original, you know, I think really to me, the original is really always going to be the one because it's. I think it really is the most perfect. It's got everything that I like. I mean, obviously, Empire Strikes Back I like, but but that's the thing is then you start getting into now. You don't really have... It it's never feels complete because you, you know you have to watch... As soon as you watch that, now you have to watch Return of the Jedi because they have to save hand. And I will say, I mean, as we're kind of going through this, I remember sitting in the theater seeing Return of the Jedi, and I'll tell you, I never liked when it turned out Luke and Leia were brother and sister and and when they say oh that's your sister and i remember this feeling like like what like that like you know does everything in the universe revolve around just this handful of people like to me that seemed like a real stretch uh-huh. and by the time that came out i remember feeling like wow i don't really like that and then the same thing when I saw it again when they re-released it like ninety seven and I remember sitting there in the theater and the same kind of thing getting that same feeling like man I just don't like that like because then you start thinking about like one of the greatest scenes in Star Wars when they swing across that chasm and she gives them the kiss on the cheek or when Luke is in the medical center in uh, on Hoth and she gives him that real smooch and you go yeah your brother and sister hmm. okay. And uh, after that, you know, then it it fell off for a long time. They didn't make another one. And obviously, I don't, I mean, I thought episode one, I've only ever seen that once or twice because I really don't enjoy it that much. Mm -hmm. Even that, like the little kid, like now it was just like almost like when it started to get almost too cutesy, you know, like the little kid. Oh, here I built R2-D2 and I built c 3 Bo, and, I, you know, "Eh." they've never been as good as that first one was for me. And I really like Rogue One. I mean, Force Awakens, obviously, I think was really good, although obviously going into that, it is fueled by that nostalgia of that first movie because, you know, and look, obviously, spoiler alert. I mean, if you're listening, if you listen to this for an hour and you haven't seen uh, The Force Awakens, I don't know what you're waiting for. But the uh, I knew what the major spoiler was going to be of The Force Awakens because I'd seen a, a screenshot of it pop up on Facebook. So I watched most of that movie with kind of tears in my eyes the first time because, you know, we got to get off the planet. Let's take that old junkie ship and you know what it's going to be. And when that camera kind of swings around and you see the Millennium Falcon, you're nine years old again. And I think it all comes from that first movie. And then to have that moment, you know, for Han in Force Awakens, Really was um, it was tough because it was like I I really kind of always feel like your fictional characters don't need to ever die because you can make them live on in your head. So when they when they and like I said, spoiler alert, if they kill a major character like that, I don't know. I just I never like it. And I think as much as I liked that movie as well, I I felt like that moment more than anything else was like saying, okay, that Star Wars that you guys like, yeah, we're wrapping that up. You know, and obviously uh, the next one's going to come out, and I think we're going to get probably some kind of more final kind of chapters for Luke and Leia, and obviously with with Carrie Fisher in real life. I mean, when I saw Rogue One, and, and again, if you haven't seen this yet, but I mean, there's that great moment at the end of Rogue One, which you know what I'm talking about, and leaving the theater and. With such a high from that, and then, I'm not even kidding, we turn the radio on and we're hearing the news, you know, Carrie Fisher's had a heart attack and been rushed to the hospital. But it all goes back to the nostalgia of that first movie and my love of what we just called Star Wars. There was no new hope, you know, it was just, it was Star Wars and that was it. And it all comes from that for me.
0: Gary, same question, your favorite
9: Star Wars? Same answer. I mean, Star Wars is Star Wars. I love Empire. I do love Jedi. I mean, I I love Jedi, and I see that it's there's a lot that's weird about it. It's 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 super muppetty, you know. I I also Matt share the thing about like, does everyone have to be related? You know, like right, right. You know, like even even watching like if if say like you know it's it's a prequel era thing, and there's like a black kid in the background. It's like, oh, is that it's gonna be Lando? Fuck, you know, right, right. Or you know, like Finn. Like people were saying like, oh, he must be like related to Lando. Really? Screw you. (laughs) Um, kind of ruins that scene in the cockpit so you think a princess and a guy like me no you know like that whole exchange kind of dies on the vine when when you find out that they're siblings I do love Return of the Jedi though just because it's sort of like in my DNA in a way being uh, what in second grade that movie comes out and it's just like huge Um, but Star Wars 1977 uh, the, un the, undoctored version. Um, every moment of that for me is an absolute work of art. It's so avant garde. It's so genre bending. I mean, all of these things are like 41 year old things to say, Mm -hmm. but that's, that's, it's like kind of stupid stuff to say that other people said. The truth is star Wars is how I live my life. I don't have pre star Wars memories and I wouldn't be the person I am. I wouldn't have chosen the career that I did. Um, as a psychologist, I wouldn't be a behaviorist if it wasn't for the kind of psychology I do. I don't sit there quietly with a stupid face on and say, "Well, what was that like for you?" I sit there and I say, "God, it sounds like it was freaking terrible." You know, like I'm myself in the office, the way that Luke and Han are in that movie. And I don't, I don't talk to patients the way they talk in the prequels, like we cannot win this war. You know, like it, that's that's garbage. The people in Star Wars are real people, and they and they talk like real people. And I think that's part of why that movie really speaks to everybody the way it does is because this is real people going through something unbelievable and there's never going to be I don't think there's ever going to be a movie like Star Wars I think second for me might be The Force Awakens because it is the closest approximation to that swashbuckling magic of the original Star Wars so um, and yeah I'm with you uh, Matt That there is something, they did put an end to the fantasy of post Return of the Jedi anything is possible Right. Uh when they when they killed off Han Solo. Although you knew when Harrison Ford came back, you knew that he wasn't gonna do three more movies.
8: Even if they did like the kind of vampire falling into the mist, give us okay, the Millennium Falcon disappears into some kind of cosmic storm or something, he could still be out there. You know what I mean? Like in, and in my mind, I think I don't know, I guess I guess because in real life you can't avoid it that I think your fantasy Life doesn't necessarily have to have death. I guess I mean, look, and some people go, going, "Oh, it's because it's realistic." We're talking about Star Wars. <laughs> it doesn't right, need be right. realistic, you to be. know? It's like, yeah. that's you right. Know, and I think it goes back to what made it so great was we took a lot of time on ourselves to imagine other adventures for these characters uh-huh. because there wasn't that final kind of period in the sentence that we got in Force Awakens.
9: I will say the Clone Wars TV show did a marvelous job. Uh, Dave Filoni, who who spearheaded that with Lucas, um, did a marvelous job rekindling a lot of that magic and mystery. And what he did intentionally making Clone Wars is he, well, A, he made Anakin a likable hero. <laughs>
8: um,
9: <laughs> and,
8: Padme, you know, you're breaking my heart!
9: <laughs> I don't like sand. It's coarse. <laughs> um, and, poor guy, honestly. And and, um, and and B, um, he left a lot of questions unanswered on purpose with that. Specifically, he said as much. He said, I want kids nowadays to have the same experience I did watching Dagobah and having unanswered questions that you could use your imagination and, and fill in the blanks.
0: Right. What well, about you, Ken? What is your favorite? Well, I'm going to have to go with Star Wars as well, the original. Now... It seems as if the future, the galaxy far, far away is is in another set of hands. How is Disney doing by you? How how would you grade Disney's handling of Star Wars? A+. Uh,
9: For for me, Force Awakens, I I can't believe uh, that they... It's going to sound so dramatic, but Force Awakens is a movie I dreamed about after seeing Return of the Jedi, however many years ago. Force Awakens is uh, better than the sequel that I could have written in my head. I have to say that. As much as, Matt, I agree with you that that by creating a, another movie and killing main characters, it kind of says, well, your 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 fairy tale isn't true. Here's, here's what really happened. Or it sort of marks the end of, of our own creative thing. I can't believe how good Force Awakens was. And Rogue One forget about it i mean that moment seeing those pilots (laughs) seeing seeing i'm spoiler okay but seeing red leader and gold leader i know darth darth vader got a lot of applause but i'm pretty sure that got the most applause of any moment in rogue one was seeing those two fellas back in the cockpit (laughs) um and i think they're just there's just something enchanted going on with well what it is is they have guys like us making the movies now
0: yeah.
8: Well, and all the, all those little references, like when you see the little mouse drawer, going, and, you know, it's right. two seconds, but you kind of geek out. And again, that's a character that, you know, is like nothing in the original, Like, but yet when that came on the screen, you know, you hear, oh, look, there it is. Right. You know, and like when you hear somebody, oh, get Captain Antilles, you know, and like just little references that because it goes back to that original. And, and when you see that, how much attention to detail they made so that when they grab those plans they've got the plans and they're running down the hall It's that it looks exactly the same as what she feeds into R2-D2 in episode yes. 4 you know and those kind of things that tie it together although you know what I loved Rogue One but I'm not really that sold on the idea of them now going back and making Young Han Solo and all that like I almost feel like I don't like when they kind of shade things like that because like that's the thing I think in a lot of ways I think they Because I didn't like the way they went back and kind of, like, young Anakin, such a whiner, and you go, and that's (laughs) Darth Vader, and you go, like, you know, you think of Darth Vader, like, the first time you saw him come on the screen, and he comes walking, hands on his hips, looks around, he's the most badass guy on the planet, like, you almost can't believe it. Now, when you go back and watch it, you go, eh, it's Hayden Christensen crabbing. (laughs)
9: Right, right, right. right. Well, you know what, I think it's sort of like, you know, to uh, bring it back to Kiss, right, like. Like, I, I can watch Star Wars and not think about Hayden. It's Yes, right. that's there. You can't put the genie back in the bottle. But, I mean, it's the same as, like, okay, you don't like what Kiss have done after the farewell tour. Well, good news, right? Like, it's the farewell tour for you. You're good. You don't have to listen to Monster, right. Sonic Boom, right? Like, you're good. You don't want to see Tommy Thayer in the makeup. Like, don't, don't watch it. You're good. Right, so I, okay, right. right. But I'm, I'm with you. I mean, it, it, it changes everything to, to tell those stories that we told in our own heads.
8: It is funny how you can draw the kiss and Star Wars kind of lines because I think it's something that, you know, when you think about coming from that exact same era and unlike so many things having outlasted and and still being really, I think, you know, and people would argue it's not, but being relevant. Like, the, I still feel like that they're both relevant. There's people, if they're haters, they're right away. Oh, well, kiss isn't relevant. You got ah, to shut up. But the, uh, you know, I think that's important.
9: Uh as long as we're talking about the the the, uh, the in jokes, the little gags, there's always this thing. Like in, in the original Star Wars, there's these two stormtroopers talking about, like, "Hey, did you get? Did you see the new TC whatever?" <laughs> and okay, like they're just chatting about the latest car, right? And then in Force Awakens, you get two stormtroopers on Starkiller Base and like, oh, the TC-17 just came out. You know, like, right. oh, it's a r- real improvement. Right? Rogue One, same thing. Two Stormtroopers on the beach and it's like, ah, oh, the TC-14s, they're finally taking them off the road. You know, like, <laughs> it's this real nice continuity.
0: Things like that just <laughs> delight me. Well, I want to tell you that it's been my honor to know the both of you and to share life with you. And I love you both.
9: We love you too, Ken.
0: And I know you do. And... Uh,
9: <laughs> Wait a minute. This is a Star Wars themed thing. Wait, we, did, we didn't do this right. Hang on, Ken. Ken, yes. I love you. I know. <laughs> there, there we go. All right. I'm
0: getting choked up. Sorry, guys. I, I, I honestly wanted to share this day with you. And for everybody out there, happy Star Wars Day. And it's been 40 years, right? And happy birthday, uh-huh. Ken Mills. Happy oh, well, birthday, thank Ken. Thank you. Well, I got to spend it with you today, so... Awesome. I guess we need to tell everybody, may the Force be with you.
9: May the Force be with you. May And, it and with you as well. Rick. Yes, and we'll, and the three of us will see one another in Nashville this summer, and, and hope mm-hmm. to
0: see everyone there. And I have to, like, sneak in a live long and prosper. I'm sorry. I had to. <laughs> <Hey>. I absolutely <laughs> had to. Please forgive me. You wanted the best to go. <laughs> I want to thank you both for being here today, Matt. People can find you in the Kiss Room,
8: thekissroom.com. Actually, just wrapping up uh, five full years of uh, the Kiss Room.
0: Wow, that's a great anniversary, and it's been it's been great to ride along in the Millennium Falcon with you with you guys. So Thanks, pal. We will see you soon, and as we said, may the force be with you. There you go.
8: May the force be with you.
9: (laughs) All right, fellas, I got a boogie. All right. (laughs) See you, folks. All right, we'll see you.
0: So there we go. May 25th, 1977 to 2017, Star Wars Day. And it's also my birthday, Courtney. It is? You're joking. Nope. I didn't even know. Just kidding. I totally knew. They say it's (laughs) my birthday. Well, it's my birthday too. Yeah. See, you can't really sing that song to
1: yourself. You can't. You can if you want. But yeah, you can do anything, man. It's better than there's nothing you, know, you can do that can't be done, right? No, but it's actually a birthday song that's good. The other there's so many birthday songs that are just not.
0: Mm-hmm. I agree with you. If you're a friend of mine, chances are you will hear me sing that to you every birthday you have. So just get ready for it.
1: Right, and listeners should know that the reason why Ken is doing this Star Wars anniversary is not just because it happens to fall on his birthday, but because this is the Ken Mills birthday celebration. Come on in, everybody. Da, 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 da. Hello. Hello. Guys, you can come out now. Hang on. I think they think it's tomorrow. Ah. I'm, I'm sorry, Ken. I had a surprise party planned, but no one's here. It is It is a long weekend. Oh, we live 2,000 miles away from each other. I completely They're at your forgot. house. They're not at mine.
0: <laughs> I want to thank you for the birthday wishes. Seriously. And as a matter of fact, Jane Knight, one of our friends and listeners, sent me a really cool birthday card. And there was this little fancy jewelry bag in it. Oh. And I opened it up thinking, did she send me like a diamond? And inside was a little button that said, I am loved. Oh. And that was very sweet. Thank you so much. That is very Thank sweet. Thank you so much, Jane. I appreciate you. And I also got another package from the equally lovely Debbie Lang. And it was so cool. She sent me this card, and inside of the card was a 40-piece puzzle in the front of the card. And it was so cool. It's, it's an actual puzzle that you can put together and it was just really nice and they, both Jane and Debbie had these wonderful messages that they wrote and it was just very touching and very wonderful. And Debbie also included a Pez toy Aww. with a Batman where you lift the head up and it's got the candy and everything and I will eat every piece of this candy and enjoy it. It is so, so cool. I will be seeing both of you in St. Louis for sure. At the upcoming 50 Summers of Love tour with Mickey Dolenz. We're having a huge zilch meet up there. So looking forward to seeing you lovely ladies again. Well, Courtney, here comes the time in our show where we talk about what's poppin'. And there's a couple things for me. One of them is an excellent documentary that is on Hulu right now. And it's called Batman and Bill. And it's about a gentleman by the name of Bill Finger who was in danger of being erased from Batman history and he actually is the guy who came up with so much of the stuff that we take for granted as part of the Batman mythos, right? I saw a billboard
1: for that yesterday here in in
0: town. It is such a good documentary such a great story I won't ruin it for anyone but I really recommend that you check it out and even if you're interested in just creator rights, it's definitely something to check out.
4: Mm-hmm. that's
0: that's one thing i also recommend that people go to palletswapninja.com and get princess leia's stolen death star plans absolutely free no reason sh- you should not be checking it out i can't wait for the new cheap trick release it's just going to be so fantastic
1: okay
0: so what's popping with you
1: well what's popping in my world i've gotten really into this guy it's his last name Ousley. okay And he's a Nashville musician, and someone turned me on to his music, and unfortunately he took his own life a few years ago, which is a shame for many reasons. But he he had a couple of albums, and I've been listening to both of them, and I'm super into it. There's some really great melodies, really great power pop songs, and definitely one of my... Favorite middle eights for something we will be doing in the near future uh, is from this artist. So give him a listen. It's some pretty terrific stuff. He writes. He writes. A, he, this man can write a song. The YouTube's or something. It's on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify. The track that I the track that turned me on to him is a song called "Coming Up Roses," and it's hauntingly beautiful. And the lyrics are now that you know what he's you know that he's no longer with us. It's pretty intense, but it's, all, it's incredibly beautiful. It's a really, really beautiful song.
6: Morning comes and you're so lonely And you feel like you're the only one alive Since you left, you blame yourself For all the things you never felt How could you be untrue to yourself
1: sounds really good. Yeah, he was in the Semantics and he played with Amy Grant. Someone turned me on to him in the Power Pop group and I can't stop listening to him. I really enjoy it. It's really a shame that he's, you know, he's no longer with us. You probably know Oh No the Radio. You probably know that song. Yeah.
0: Well, it's it's always good to find out what's popping with you and uh, we we would encourage all of our listeners to let us know what's popping in your world this week. We want to wish you a happy Star Wars Day and a happy long weekend. It's, hopefully it's a good holiday weekend for them, right?
1: And happy birthday to Ken Mills, everybody. Join Aww. us on the POP Facebook page to wish Ken a happy birthday. Or show up at his house. Just knock on the door. Sleep on his front on lawn. knock on our door.
5: <laughs>
0: We've been waiting for you. Wish
1: With him a happy birthday. Happy birthday, are... Ken.
0: Oh, thank you. Where the restraining orders are hers and hers and his, Three's Company 2.
1: Where so. <laughs> the sexual innuendo's weird, Three's Company too. It gets so weird. It
0: does. It's a very strange thing. Oh, it is. It is. And we've got some really cool guests coming up very soon. So be on the lookout for that. Check out.
1: Yes, we do. We yeah. have really terrific guests and you want to be there for it.
0: So, check us out on Facebook and all the social things. Alrighty, so we will see you on the next episode of Pop.
1: Bye, everybody.
0: Bye bye. Bye
1: bye. And that's our show. Pop is an online, non profit pop culture audio fanzine made for fans by fans. Any samples of music, TV, or movies heard here remain the property of their owners. Pop, a pop culture podcast, is not affiliated with any products we review or discuss. Opinions heard here belong to the people who express them and may not reflect the views of the pop staff. If you like something that you heard, buy it at your local record, video, or bookstores, or wherever pop is found. If you enjoy the show, like us on Facebook and rate us on iTunes. Thanks for listening, and until next time, I'm your announcer, Christine Wolfe saying, whatever
0: you do, make sure
1: it pops. Say goodnight,
0: Dick. Okay. Shut up, dog. Shut up, dog. Shut up. Shut up, dog. Nothing but shut up, dog.
2: Okay.
3: Hi, this is Dan Amrick.
2: And this is Jude Kelly.
3: And we are Palette Swap Ninja, and you're listening to Pop, a pop culture podcast. Now, you do one where you start.
2: Hi, this is Jude Kelly. And I'm Dan Amrick. And you're listening to Pop, a pop culture. cop... <laughs> <laughs> a pop culture pod blast. It's a cod blast. Sorry. It's a cod blast? Great. It's, it's a cod blast. All right. This is Jude Kelly. And this is Dan Amrick. And you're listening to Pop, a pop culture podcast
3: <laughs> I love that you still can't do it. It's
2: it's too many the pop culture in a row. Hold on. podcast
0: okay. No, no, it works. I can just stitch it together. You can, just, you okay. can stitch it
2: together, Dan. He yeah. has the technology. Yep. That's good. <laughs> but you guys have
0: made the the blooper reel for sure this episode.
2: Oh, excellent. Great. Oh okay. yeah, We will do That's that. That's how we want to be
3: remembered by our mistakes. <laughs>